Welcome to Season 3 of The Successful Strategist, a podcast on strategy, management, and governance dedicated to helping you address the most important questions any organization can ask. I'm Mitchell Muncy, a consultant who has co-founded or led five startups, for-profit and non-profit, spanning the media, public policy, and higher education. In these practical five-minute episodes, I cut through jargon and myth to offer you the same advice I give my clients. Good morning. This is the second episode in a series on major threats to good strategy. Last time, I suggested that it's a mistake to look at strategy development as a consensus-building activity because achieving consensus usually means hiding or suppressing disagreement. Today, I'd like to talk with you about the threat of another kind of consensus, the best practices of your industry. Regular listeners of this podcast may be thinking, wait, haven't you said part of good strategy is testing ideas to see what works? Aren't best practices the result of a large number of organizations independently testing what works and converging on the best solutions? Isn't that what makes best practices best? The answer to all these questions is yes. And I want to be clear that I'm not suggesting you shouldn't take best practices seriously. But organizations also shouldn't follow practices or rules without understanding why they're following them. Just as you need to check regularly whether the circumstances that made your chosen strategy a good one for your organization are still true, you need to do the same for any best practices you've adopted, regardless of whether anyone else in your industry is questioning them. Peter Thiel warns in Zero to One that today's best practices lead to dead ends. The best paths are new and untried. There was a time when current best practices were not the best practices. There were other best practices that current best practices replaced in response to new circumstances or new knowledge. Organizations that adopted the new best practices early had an advantage over those that were paying less attention. But this raises another problem with best practices. Sooner rather than later, they are widely adopted. The purpose of strategy is to make your organization unique, and best practices can't do that for you because everybody uses them. Best practices can be strengths, but they're almost never long-term advantages. That's not to say that your organization can't make any progress by truly integrating your industry's best practices into your work. But as I discovered the hard way early in my career, efficiency only gets you so far. The lesson I learned is one I've discussed before. Strategy is not operational effectiveness. You can't succeed simply by trying to optimize the status quo. A good example is the airline industry, which is in a constant state of nasty and brutish competition punctuated by bankruptcies and underperforming mergers. The only U.S. airline that has escaped this dynamic is Southwest, which without sacrificing any of the good that airline best practices have achieved, has developed a far more profitable strategy that no other airline has succeeded in copying. 
What Southwest Airlines shows is that there's no such thing as generically good management. The way you run your organization must match your hypothesis about how you can become and remain unique. If you can't point to specific, practical differences between your organization and similar organizations, you should ask whether you have a real strategy, because you're setting yourself up for disappointing results. Best practices without a genuine strategy are like a foundation with no house on it. Good as far as it goes, but with a hard and low limit on its value. My suggestion for today is, ask whether your organization reviews best practices the same way it reviews employees or other parts of the business. Do you ever consider how you might become the originator of new best practices? The business world tends to presume that any successful organization will always be growing. But is that true? Next time, I'll talk about how growth can be one of the most serious threats to your strategy. Most people learn about podcasts from friends and colleagues. If this episode was helpful, please take 30 seconds right now to recommend The Successful Strategist to one other person. And be sure you haven't missed any of the previous episodes. If you'd like to receive my twice-monthly newsletter, which includes show notes and a summary of important ideas about strategy, management, or governance, sign up at thesuccessfulstrategist.com. I'm glad we could invest this time together. Remember, being a successful strategist doesn't require specialized training or unique insight, just a commitment to asking the right questions. The Successful Strategist is a production of Prospera LLC, a consulting firm providing strategy development, nonprofit due diligence, crisis management, and interim executive management to mission driven organizations and philanthropists. Learn more at prosperallc.com. This is Mitchell Muncie. Talk to you next time.